welcome to Teen Strumpets, a Regency Romance Review. I'm Zoe. And I'm Kelsey. And it's September. I can't believe it, first of all. <laughs> wow, time has flown. Yes. I'm another year older. Happy, happy birthday or almost birthday. I can't remember when this one comes out compared to your birthday. So he's looking <laughs> at the thing. September 15th. Oh, now here's the test. What's Kelsey's birthday? What's Kelsey's birthday? Is it September 4th? Nope. Oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, Kelsey, which day is your birthday? It's the first. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> Well, okay, so this definitely comes out after your birthday. <laughs> it's okay. I only know your birthday because it's like two days after like my best friends growing up. So, so that's it's a, that's a that's a date infused in my brain. Mm. And then yours is like two days later. So Well, um, I think after this moment, yours will be infused in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so sneak peek listeners, uh, or a peek behind the curtain listeners, we're recording this in June. <laughs> in June, because by September, there will be a tiny baby. Very tiny. Doing um, tiny baby things. Actually, by September, it won't be so tiny anymore. But uh, this is the last of our pre-recorded episodes. So our next episode will be... Um, uh, up to new, date an, yeah a newer newerly recorded episode we'll see you'll get to hear zoe be like i'm exhausted what was i thinking two kids <laughs> <laughs> definitely um but yeah so uh but because it was september i was i was feeling like you know it was time for another list episode and then i was like what could we do in september what would be fun and then <laughs> i came up with this fabulous title <laughs> That <laughs> just made me laugh so much that I thought, yeah, let's do governess romances. Yeah. So we are talking about hot foot teacher. Governess romances that deserve an A plus. Wink. <laughs> All right. So governess romances, this can be a tricky subject matter. Because yes. it's a it's a power dynamic, you know, employer, employee, you know, there is a bit of a power dynamic. And so that can get a little iffy. Dicey. Yeah, for sure. And so what qualifies as a governess romance for our list today? Well, uh, it's that one of the main characters is a teacher of some sort, a governess, a professor, a lecturer, uh, and they work or work for or teach the other main character. There is a clear unbalance of power between their roles, which is or is close to employer and employee. So that's what we're kind of like going for as like a general uh, basis. I was really hoping to find like a professor, at, you know, like a, a role reversal with the, we did. you know, the, You'd be dead? Okay, cool. I found one. Good, 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 good. I, <laughs> I, I haven't um, read it. I hope it's good. The review said it was good. <laughs> okay, excellent. And so that was the that was the other comment I wanted to make before we get into this is that we really did try to do our research. And like if we hadn't read this book beforehand, um, we didn't want it to be too kind of iffy, just like we mentioned, you know, like some of these books – just don't work for people, you know, like this is a, yeah. this is a controversial trope sometimes because 
it can get kind of icky. <laughs> yeah. And there was one that like very much fit the bill, but I did not include it because all the comments were like icky, 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 icky. And so I was like, okay, I will not include it. I mean, like, because its rating was actually not terrible, like on Goodreads. However, the comments about it, it was just a little bit older. So like, it just didn't quite, didn't quite live up to what we would like to promote. However, a different book in the series by that author, same series, did manage to make it on the list. And Perfect. everyone in the comments really liked it. So hopefully that is true. <laughs> perfect. And I feel like our first book is kind of like the perfect book to explain why the governess trope is so difficult and can and, and it, it it explores the governess trope itself. Mm -hmm. Um so Kelsey, shall we take it away? Uh yes, however, just before we take it away, uh, if we missed a title that you think we should include, send us an email. You can send us an email at romancepod at gmail.com. And with that, book number one. Yes. So the first book we're talking about and the book I was alluding to just a moment ago is The Governess Affair by Courtney Milan. And we do have a whole episode about this book. It's early on, but it's a fun one. I really like this episode. I loved our discussion. And uh, if you listen to that, you will you will learn why we both wholeheartedly agree that this book is a perfect 10. Yes, it is a 10 across the board. So if you have not listened to that episode or you don't know what the heck this book is, she will not give up. Three months ago, governess Serena Barton was let go from her position. Unable to find new work, she's demanding compensation from the man who got her sacked, a petty, selfish, swinish duke. But it's not the duke she fears. It's his merciless man of business, the man known as the Wolf of Claremont. The formidable formal pugilist has a black reputation for handling all the Duke's dirty business, and when the Duke turns her case over to him, she doesn't stand a chance. But she can't stop trying, not with her entire future at stake. He cannot give in. Hugo Marshall is a man of ruthless ambition, a characteristic that has served him well, elevating the coal miner's son to the right-hand man of a duke. When his employer orders him to get rid of the pestering governess by fair means or foul, it's just another day at the office. Unfortunately, fair means don't work on Serena, and as he comes to know her, he discovers that he can't bear to use foul ones. But everything he has worked for depends upon seeing her gone. He'll have to choose between the life that he needs and the woman he is coming to love. Oh, it's so good. This book is so good. And it's a novella. Like if you just need like the perfect thing, mwah, this book. Um, And like I said, it, it explores the kind of power imbalance of the governess trope because uh, some spoilers here. So skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want any spoilers for the book. Um, but the spoilers are that the Duke uh, raped Serena and got her pregnant. And so she is like, you need to – and then sacked her uh, because she wasn't, you know – more willing. And so uh, when Hugo learns this, um, you know, that's when his conscience is really, conscience really wrestles with everything that um, he has worked for. And so 
I just really like that it it shows you the power imbalance, right? And, mm-hmm. and then it, but then it just gives you the most amazing love story. Oh, it's just so perfect. Like every little interaction they have over just like a short little tiny book is just, it's just perfection in itself. Ugh. The hairpins, the hairpins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I believe in this episode, because <laughs> this is like episode eight or something. I mean, it's like early up in there. I believe in this episode, this is where we said pugliest instead oh, yes. of pugilist. Instead of pugilist. <laughs> I have since been corrected. And <laughs> mentally, I correct myself every time because I still want to say pugliest because I'm the one that came up with this. But anyway, one day we'll have our merch of pugs and boxing shorts ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our next book is another fan favorite, which is The Governess Game by Tessa Dare. And the synopsis is, he's been a bad, bad rake, and it takes a governess to teach him a lesson. The accidental governess. After her livelihood slips from her fingers, Alexandra Mountbatten takes on an impossible post, transforming a pair of wild orphans into proper young ladies. However, the girls don't need discipline. They need a loving home. Try telling that to their guardian, Chase Raynaud, the Duke's heir... (laughs) Chase Raynaud, Duke's heir in the streets and devil in the sheets. I'm so sorry. I can't even say that with a straight face. The ladies of London have tried and failed to make him settle down. Somehow, Alexandra must reach his heart without risking her own. The infamous rake. Like any self-respecting libertine, Chase lives by one rule no attachments. When a stubborn little governess tries to reform him, he decides to give her an education in pleasure. That should prove he can't be tamed. But Alexandra is more than he bargained for. Clever, perceptive, passionate. She refuses to see him as a lost cause. Soon the walls around Chase's heart are crumbling, and he's in danger of falling. Hard. Now, I feel like the synopsis here doesn't do the book justice, because I would kind of read that synopsis and be like, eh. But when people talk about a governess book that does the trope right, this is the book that comes up the most. Yes. No, this is the book. And this is a book to a really great series with a lot of wonderful heroines and heroes. So um, if you have not read this series yet, we highly recommend this book. We both yes. read it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we've also read our next book. Yes. And our next book, number three, is How the Marquess Was Won by Julianne Long. And we have a podcast episode about this one, too. Yes, we covered the whole Penny Royal Green series, and this book is featured right in the middle of it. So if you want to, we're just going to read you the description because we've talked a lot about this book. (laughs) Uh, The scandal sheets call him Lord Ice. Ruthless, cold, precise, Julian Spencer, Marquess Dryden, tolerates only the finest in clothes, in horse flesh, in mistresses. And now he's found the perfect bride, the one whose dowry will restore his family's shattered legacy and bring him peace at last, the exquisite heiress, Lisbeth Redmond. She's about to play with fire. But one unforgettable encounter with Lisbeth's paid companion, Phoebe Vale, and the Marquess is undone. This quiet girl with the wicked smile and a wit to match is the first person to see through the icy facade to the fiery man beneath. But their irresistible attraction is a torment as sweet as it is dangerous, for surrendering to their desire could mean losing everything else they ever wanted. 
Now, this doesn't sound like a governess romance because she's not exactly a governess, but she is a teacher at a finishing school and she just uh, spends a little time as a companion with Lizbeth on her time off. But uh, there's a very important plot point about her being a teacher uh, to kind of the story. So I feel like it really is an interesting kind of take on a quote-unquote governess yeah, romance. it's not a traditional, but it definitely counts. And it's there's a power imbalance between them. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I – yeah, I – I love this book and um, oh, Charybdis, I think is how you pronounce it. I always want to say Charybdis, but I think it's Charybdis. Oh, the the cat. cat. The cat named (laughs) after Greek mythology. Yes. So great. (laughs) And our next book is Married by Morning by Lisa Kleypas. And this is part of the Hathaways series. So he's everything she wants to avoid. For two years, Catherine Marks has been a paid companion to the Hathaway sisters, a pleasant position with one caveat. Her charge's older brother, Leo Hathaway, is thoroughly exasperating. Kat can hardly believe that their constant arguing could mask a mutual attraction, but when one quarrel ends in a sudden kiss, Kat is shocked at her powerful response, and even more so when Leo proposes a dangerous liaison. She's not at all what she seems. Leo must marry and produce an heir within a year to save his family home. Catherine's respectable demeanor hides a secret that would utterly destroy her. But to Leo, Cat is intriguing and infernally tempting, even to a man resolved never to love again. Ugh, poor man. (laughs) (laughs) The danger Cat tried to outrun is about to separate them forever, unless two wary lovers can find a way to banish the shadows and give in to their desires. Uh, I love this book. I kind of forgot about the Hathaway series because it's been a long time since I have reread it. But I I really found this book satisfying. Um, you know, I think it's like third or fourth in the series. It's mm-hmm. not it's not the first one. Yeah, it's the fourth one in the series. So I was right. Aha. Uh-huh. And don't we have a Hathaway book that we are going to be reading for the podcast soon? I Yes, we are. We are going to be reading a Hathaway book. Uh, We are going to be reading the fifth Hathaway book, Love in the Afternoon, upcoming. Yes. Thank you to one of our patrons for suggesting it. And more on that uh, very soon. Yes. But our next book is A Night Like This by Julia Quinn. Aha, Julia Quinn, ever a favorite. And Winter might not be who she says she is. But she's managing quite well as a governess to three high-born young ladies. Her job can be a challenge. In a single week, she finds herself hiding in a closet full of tubas, playing an evil queen in a play that might be a tragedy or might be a comedy, no one is sure, and tending to the wounds of the oh-so-dashing Earl of Winstead. After years of dodging unwanted advances, he's the first man who has truly tempted her, and it's getting harder and harder to remind herself that a governess has no business flirting with a nobleman. Daniel Smythe-Smith might be in mortal danger, but that's not going to stop the young Earl from falling in love, and when he spies a mysterious woman at his family's annual musicale, he vows to pursue her, even if it means spending his days with a 10-year-old who thinks she's a unicorn. (laughs) 
But Daniel has an enemy, one who has vowed to see him dead. And when Anne is thrown into peril, he will stop at nothing to ensure their happy ending. I did not remember this book being so wild. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm like, I'm wondering if I've read it. Here, I have. I'm, I know I have. But. Of course you have. I'm sure. Night. Uh, like... <gasps> no, Zoe has not <gasps> read this one. Oh my gosh, so. the Smythe Smith series is so great. It's a spinoff from Bridgerton and every other series that Julie Quinn writes because they always writes because they talk about the Smythe Smith musicals and they the Smythe Smiths have their own series and it's really great because they talk about the musical and there is all kinds of fun musical references and it's really great. So fun. So that's just going right on the TBR. <laughs> Our next book is a favorite. Uh, it is The Highlander by <laughs> Kerrigan Byrne. Oh, am I going to get through this uh, this description? We'll Ooh, see. She might be like, yeah. Can the fiercest master of battle conquer a woman's heart? They call him the Demon Highlander. The fearsome Lieutenant Colonel Liam McKenzie is known for his superhuman strength, towering presence, and fiery passion in the heat of battle. As laird to the McKenzie clan, the undefeated Marquess has vanquished his foes with all the rage and wrath of his barbaric Highland ancestors. But when an English governess arrives to care for his children, the Master of War finds himself up against his greatest opponent in the game of love. Defying all expectations, Miss Philomena is no plain-faced spinster, but a ravishing beauty with voluptuous curves and haughty full lips that rattle the lair to his core. Unintimidated by her master's raw masculinity and savage ways, the headstrong lass manages to tame not only his wild children, but the beast in his soul. With each passing day, Liam grows fonder of Miss Mina and more suspicious. What secret is she hiding behind those emerald eyes? What darkness brought her to his keep? And how can he conquer this magnificent woman's heart without surrendering his own? Ugh. Mm. And you know what? I was actually mixing this book up with um, The Highwayman. Oh. Because I do love The Highwayman maybe slightly more, but I do also really love The Highlander. And then as I'm reading this, I was like, wait a minute. This isn't The the, Highland, the no. Highwayman. But I did have we, the same thought, but it's – it's. I mean, so Kerrigan, <clears throat> Kerrigan Burns books are just great. <laughs> yeah, and this Victorian Rebels series is like so full of these like really tortured um, men and the women who bring them to their knees. And it's so great. And we actually – some of our like uh, photo shoot from the um, – for the podcast, we feature this book because it has such a beautiful cover. It does. So there It is gorgeous. This is definitely one you want a physical copy, copy of. So there are photos of me and Kelsey like with this book. Um, <laughs> so – we can't not recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Um, nor can we not recommend the next book. Yes, which is Rules for a Proper Governess by another favorite of ours, Jennifer Ashley. Yes, this is in the – it's a Mackenzie McBride mm. so that's in the series. And, I mean, I just gobbled all those books up. In a heartbeat. So, to kiss a thief, Scottish barrister Sinclair McBride can face the most sinister criminals in London, but the widower's, the widower's two unruly children are a different matter. 
Little Caitlin and Andrew go through a governess a week, sending the ladies fleeing in tears. Roberta Bertie Fraser enters Sinclair's life by stealing his watch and then stealing a kiss. Intrigued by the handsome Highlander, Bertie winds up saving his children from a dangerous situation and returns them to their father. Impressed with how they listen to her, Sinclair asks the lively beauty to be their governess, never guessing that the unconventional lady will teach him a lesson or two in love. That sounds so fun. I have not also finished the whole Mackenzie McBride series, so maybe um, that will be another uh, series that I can throw onto my to-be-read pile. I don't know how much reading I'm going to get done with a newborn. I feel like I got a reasonable amount of reading done with the first newborn because there was a lot of nursing, (laughs) but... But you've got a child already. Yeah, now I have a toddler... (laughs) And I'm going to have a newborn. So I don't know how much reading is going to happen. However, I really like the sound of that one. Yeah, it's really good. But I really just love all the McBrides are great. His brother's book, Elliot McBride, just like broke my heart in all its beauty. So his is a bit more like upbeat in a sense. It's not as broody and haunting as the other one, but equally good, equally good. Um, Our next book is an author I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before, but she is very well known. And this book is Devil's Bride by Stephanie Lawrence. Yes. So, and this is number one in the Sinster series. And I mentioned that uh, because uh, the Sinster series has, sorry, I'm confirming right now, uh, Looks like 32 books in it. So, uh, and there's Sinsters Next Generation. I mean, like, there's yeah. a lot. I've so, not read all of them. There's too many. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've read any of them. So, but this one um, comes up a lot when people are talking about governess romances. So, here we go. When Devil, the most infamous member of the Sinster family, is caught in a compromising position with plucky governess Honoria Weatherby, he astonishes the entire town by offering his hand in marriage. No one dreamed this scandalous rake would ever take a bride. And as society mamas swooned at the loss of England's most eligible bachelor, Devil's infamous Sinster cousins began to place wagers on the wedding date. But Honoria wasn't about to bend society's demands and marry a man, quote, just because they'd been found together virtually unchaperoned. No, she craved adventure, and while solving the murder of a young sinster cousin fit the bill for a while, she decided that once the crime was solved, she'd go off to see the world. But the scalding heat of her unsated desire for devils soon had Honoria craving a very different sort of excitement. Could her passion for devil cause her to embrace the enchanting peril of a lifelong adventure of the heart? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, there's some troubling potential themes in there that I think could easily be gotten around. And I, I read some of the reviews for this one too, because I was like, I was curious. I was like, does this, mm-hmm. does this really fit the bill? And I'm I, listeners, if you've read this one, I'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on Devil's Bride. Because I feel like it could go either way. Like, obviously, he he asks her to marry him, like at the beginning and then she's like nah I'm good yeah (laughs) but then at the same time she's like well I mean there's yeah there's a rich you know hot man who wants to marry me so I don't know I'm just I'm I'm intrigued and I'd love to hear from you guys 
Uh, yeah, I would also love to hear. I've read um, some of the Sinster books. I think I've read mainly Sinster Next Generation. Um, huh. I've read like a handful of them for sure. Definitely not caught up. Well, that is our only Sinster series book on this list, and we do have a lot more books to get through. But before we do that, shall we adjourn to the parlor? We shall. Today in the parlor... As per usual, <laughs> we're <laughs> here to remind you that we have a Patreon. What? <laughs> we do. Our, our Patreon just, uh, first of all, we are so blown away by your support uh, and we are so thankful for it. But our Patreon is is going to allow us to do more things for you, our listener. You know, we've kind of been talking about um, now that we've had the Patreon going for a little while, like, you know, what kind of secondary goals we can set and what that means for, you know, as we get more support from you guys, um, what that what that could mean. Does that mean that we upgrade our sound equipment first? Does that mean that maybe we hire an editor? Um, and if we do that, does that mean that we can produce more episodes. We don't have the answers to that to those questions yet, but uh, with your support, we'll have them sooner. <laughs> yes. Um, your support means everything to us. We are really excited for this new phase of our show. And Zoe and I have a lot of ideas that we're kicking around. And so with your support, that's going to make them a possibility. Absolutely. And our tiers start at $3 a month and go all the way up to $10 a month. And you get all sorts of really cool um, swag and bonus content for that. Um, as as well as once you're a patron, all of the bonus content on our Patreon specifically goes to any level of patron. So by now, there's probably some uh, old, uh, some previous uh author extras. So mm -hmm. um, the authors that come on our podcast, we're going to be sharing all of their responses via Patreon. So if you didn't uh, subscribe to our email list back in the day that they were on our podcast as a patron, you will get to see the fun things that they provided just for our email subscribers. And there's some bonus audio up there, some photos. Eventually, if it's not already there, uh, you'll be able to see my notes from <laughs> the Bridgerton episode. <laughs> um, just my my thoughts and feelings uh, as I was watching the show. Um, so there's lots of fun stuff to explore on our Patreon, and we do hope you'll take a look. And you can do that uh, by clicking the link in the show notes or by visiting patreon.com slash T as in Tom, N as in Nancy, strumpets. So picking back up with our list, the next book that we have is Seven Minutes in Heaven by Eloisa James. Yes, and our synopsis is... All of Eugenia Snow's problems start when Edward Reeve, an arrogant bastard son of an earl, bursts into her registry office. He wants a governess, and he wants her. She gives him the governess he demands, but she refuses to give herself. No question that Eugenia enjoys crossing wits with the brilliant inventor, but she will never tarnish her reputation with an affair, particularly with 
particularly with a man who doesn't realize she's a lady. She holds her ground until he kidnaps her. Ward will stop at nothing to convince Eugenia that they're meant to be together. He promises her heaven. She gives him seven minutes. I definitely have read this book because I remember this like governess agency that she runs. Mm -hmm. And I think I've read this whole series and I remember loving it. Again, the... (laughs) The kidnapping seems problematic. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love a good kidnapping when it's, when you know it's done right. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's all kinds of kidnappings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. All different kinds of kidnappings. Some aren't so bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's got to have the right mix of uh, of something. For, yeah, exactly. For it to be fun in a book. I mean, but what's what's a romance novel without a bit of hijinks? Yes. Okay. So, very exciting on that one. So, our next book this is number 10. This is a bit of a mixed review. But the good reviews say it is a very complex story with a tragic backstory and some major craziness. So... Like, they basically are saying there's just so much involved with it that if it is a little iffy at parts, it's like, you know, you can understand it because of this and this reason. Because mm. there's all this crazy backstory. Now, I have not read this, but it did have, like, good reviews, and it was on, like, a lot of lists featuring a governess romance, so I decided to include it. Um, It is an older book. It is called The Secret Pearl by Mary Balog. He first spies her in the shadows outside a London theater, a ravishing creature forced to barter her body to survive. To the woman known simply as Fleur, the well-dressed gentleman with the mesmerizing eyes is an unlikely savior, and when she takes the stranger to her bed, she never expects to see him again. But then Fleur accepts a position as a governess to a young girl, and is stunned to discover that her midnight lover is a powerful nobleman. As two wary hearts ignite and the threat of scandal hovers over them, one question remains. Will she be mistress or wife? Uh yeah, mm-hmm. I see that I see the I see the the trigger warnings left and right with that one. Yeah. <laughs> but so, also that could be really interesting. Again, if she's got a really tragic backstory, I I am a little intrigued. Yeah, I was intrigued too. Like I read the things and I was like, I definitely like was like, should I, should I not? But I decided to include it with the caveats. It's not going to be for everyone, but if it's something that you feel ready to tackle, then it might be a really good one. And our next one is our role reversal that we were talking about. And this is called Deception by Amanda Quick. From a cozy cottage in rustic Dorset to a magnificent mansion steeped in secrets comes a dazzling tale of lost pirate gold and legendary love. Once Olympia Wingfield had been free to devote all her time to her true passion, the study of ancient legends and long-lost treasure. But now, with three hellion nephews to raise, the absent-minded beauty has very little time for research, which makes it seem all the more serendipitous when a handsome stranger strides strides into Olympia's library unannounced and proceeds to set her world to rights. Tall and dark with long, windswept black hair, Jared Ryder, Viscount Chilhurst, is the embodiment of Olympia's most exotic dreams, a daring pirate masquerading in teacher's garb whose plundering kisses and traveler's tales quickly win her heart. 
Yet all too soon, innocent Olympia will discover that the enigmatic and wickedly central Chillhurst is no lowly tutor, but a future Earl with a wealth of secrets, the kind that will lead them both on a perilous quest for hidden fortune and a love worth more than gold. I I need to read that. I know, right? <laughs> I like I I saw it and I was like, what is this book? And I read it and I was like, it's a role reversal. It's not the absent-minded professor. It's oh the absent-minded professora. <laughs> I am so into this. I really, really, and I haven't read an Amanda Quick, and she's kind of like a foundation. So yeah, exactly. Neither have I. Like I always see her books, but I've I've really can't remember if I've ever picked one up or not. But yeah, I just I loved this description, and I thought it'd be fun to include a role reversal in there. So. <laughs> Very, very cool. Ooh, I have an idea, and I'm going to write that idea down right now, and then when we get to the end of this episode, we're going to discuss the idea on air. Okay. So our 12th book is The Rules of Engagement by Christina Dodd. Now, at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned how there was a series, but the first book in the series, people were like, no. And then this book is in that series. Now, this series is called the Governess Bride series. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you would think there would be a lot of books in that series that fit this bill. But as mentioned, some of them are a little bit older. And so some of the reviews were very much like no to this book. But all the reviews were really good about this one. So they said, like, if you're going to read one of these books, this is definitely one to read. And at some point on the podcast, now it might have been the last episode, but we have been recording all these uh, episodes ahead of time, and I just can't remember when I said this. I mentioned that I had read an entire governess series, and this uh -huh. is that series. There we go. So I was trying to reread some of these books beforehand to see exactly that because I read this series eight years – like a long time ago. I mean, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a long time, and I gobbled them up. Um, without really thinking too hard about them. But now yeah. I, I think a little more critically about these books. Yeah. And I really did wonder if they held up. Um, so I'm very glad that you did a little bit of research to find one because I remember getting a lot of joy from this series, um, mm -hmm. but I don't remember any specifics. So here's the specifics on the rules of engagement. Choose a bride from this year's debutantes. Decide on a proper settlement. Send an announcement to the Times. Inform the bride of her good fortune. <laughs> oh, of course. So the rules of respectability. Devin Matthews, the Earl of Carrick, has a plan that is sure to restore him to the Queen's favor. First, he must hire a sensible, unattractive governess. Next, he will see to adopting a properly grateful orphan, which will surely lend him a patina of respectability. Finally, he must obtain a guarantee that his orphan and the governess will better his character and reputation without unduly disturbing his life, love life or otherwise. Rules of Passion As a condition of accepting the governess position, Miss Pamela Lockhart of the Distinguished Academy of Governesses has a few rules of her own. Devon at all times must behave with propriety, an unlikely accomplishment that would delight the ton and completely astonish Pamela herself. She must be allowed to choose a suitable orphan at her own discretion. Most important, Devon must vow to never, ever delve into Pamela's background or her appearance, lest he discover the truth behind the deepest secrets of her heart. But of course, all, rule, all rules are made to be broken. Ooh, 
I do yeah. feel like I remember this one. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I haven't read this one, but like I was definitely intrigued. I was like, I love this. He's like, I'm just going to get a governess and an orphan and people are going to think I'm the shit. <laughs> yes. Um, it doesn't go the way he hopes it goes. <laughs> what? It's like, it's like they can't ever go the way you plan. <laughs> well, next we have another Julia Quinn. It's called Yay. Everything and the Moon. Seven years ago, she broke his heart. When Robert Kemble stumbled across Victoria Linden in the hedgerow maze, he couldn't believe his eyes. The girl who'd torn him in two, who let him plan on elopement and then left him standing by the side of the road, was suddenly within arm's reach, and even though his fury still knew no bounds, she was impossible to resist. Seven years ago, he left her all but ruined. Victoria's father had told her an earl would never marry a vicar's daughter, and he was right. Robert had promised her marriage, then danced off to London while she suffered the shame of a foiled elopement. But even though Victoria doesn't particularly enjoy her new life as a governess, when Robert offers her a job of a different sort, his mistress, she refuses, unable to sacrifice her honor even for him. But Robert won't take no for an answer, and he vows to make her his through any means possible. Can these star-crossed lovers learn to trust again? And is love really sweeter the second time around? This is an early Julia, an early Julia Quinn book. If I, it is a very early Julia Quinn. And book, I'm not yes. even sure that it's in a series. Uh, it's like a two books. It's like a companion novel. Yeah, uh, very interesting. I don't know if I've read this one. I believe I. I don't remember either. I feel like I haven't read this one either. Although I did feel like I've read most of Julia, like. Almost all of Julia Quinn's books because I just loved her so. But I definitely wanted to pick it back up because I do love Julia Quinn and I am interested to see this, to read this one. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a very intriguing second chance romance for sure. Yeah, obviously uh, they both uh, have the wrong of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll need to be uh, figure out a way to talk open and honestly and oh my resolve gosh. their differences. <laughs> I'm sure they won't. <laughs> All right, and our next book is Let Sleeping Rogues Lie by Sabrina Jeffries. Quote, don't let yourself be fooled, Madeline. Once a rake, always a rake. Miss Charlotte Harris, headmistress. When Madeline Prescott took a teaching position at Mrs. Harris's school for young ladies, it was to help restore her father's reputation. Instead, she's in danger of ruining her own. The devilishly handsome Anthony Dalton, Viscount Norcourt, has agreed to provide, quote, rake lessons to Mrs. Harris's pupils. (laughs) I'm sorry, this is, oof, so they can learn how to avoid unscrupulous gentlemen. And Madeline is to oversee his classes. She has always believed that attraction is a scientific matter, easily classified and controlled, until she's swept into the passionate desire that fiercely burns between her and Anthony. Nothing could be more illogical than risking everything for a dalliance with a rake, even one who's trying to behave himself. Yet nothing could be more tempting. This book sounds ridiculous. It's fun. But also, like, fun. (laughs) (laughs) He's giving the girls rake lessons. Oh, my God. Yes. So silly. (laughs) Yeah. No. I mean, like, who doesn't love a little silliness? Uh, Who doesn't love a little silliness? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is when you definitely have to just, like, suspend a lot of belief for and just have fun with it. (laughs) 
You do. And I think that, but this is why I like Sabrina Jeffries, like, as um, an author, too, is because, like, she's definitely one that, like, I can, I can enjoy a good, hijinxy, Uh fun-filled romance that maybe not be grounded in reality, but you know what? That's okay. I don't need it. (laughs) So the next book, though, is from a fun series, uh, The Wilds of Linlow Castle. This is Too Wild to Wed by Eloisa James. Yes. uh, This is the... Second book? Third book? I believe it's number two. Yes, it's the second book in the series, and it's got a lot of things in it. Mm -hmm. Here we go. (laughs) No one is more surprised than Lord North when he returns from war to find his ex-fiancé in his ancestral home, working as a governess. The handsome, rakish heir to a dukedom, Lord Roland Northbridge Wilde, known to his friends as North, left England two years ago after being jilted by Miss Diana Belgrave. He returns from war to find that he's notorious. Polite society has ruled him too wild to wed. Diana never meant to tarnish North's reputation or his heart, but in her rush to save a helpless child, there was no time to consider the consequences of working as a governess in Lindau Castle. Now everyone has drawn the worst conclusions about the child's father, and Diana is left with bittersweet regret. When North makes it clear that he still wants her for his own, scandal or no, Diana has to fight to keep from losing her heart to the man whom she still has no intention of marrying. Yet North is returning a hardened warrior, and this is one battle he's determined to win. He wants Diana, and he'll risk everything to call her his own. Yes, I love this book. So I believe I also mispronounced Lindau. I said Lindlow. Uh, my bad. I've always. It's okay. I think I read it as Linda. Lindlow. Linda. I definitely don't always read it as Lindau. And then I, I like yeah. I look at it and I'm like, oh, Lindau. Yeah. I like saying but Lindlow too. But I love this book. I really do. This is a really good book. And it's very interesting because of Diana's reasons for like not marrying North and then like who North and then like there was a lot of there was some misunderstandings like on both their parts and like it's a good it's good misunderstandings and it's good that they had the time to like separate and then talk about it so yeah well and I really like this series especially the beginning of this series this the last couple books in the series I think I haven't been as jazzed about but this book is a great book for sure it is definitely But our next book is not an Eloisa James, and it's a new author, even Mm -hmm. for this list. It is The Autumn Bride by Anne Gracie. Governess Abigail Chantry will do anything to save her sister and her two dearest friends from destitution, even if it means breaking into an empty mansion in the hope of finding something to sell. Instead of treasures, though, she finds the owner, Lady Beatrice Davenham, bedridden and neglected. Appalled, Abby rousts Lady Beatrice's predatory servants, and with Lady Beatrice's eager cooperation, the four young ladies become her nieces, neatly eliminating the threat of disaster for all concerned. It's the perfect situation until Lady Beatrice's dashing and arrogant nephew, Max, Lord Davenham, returns from the Orient and discovers an imposter running his household. A romantic entanglement was never the plan for these stubborn, passionate opponents, but falling in love may be as inevitable as the falling of autumn leaves. 
Now, other than that uh, silly little sentence at the end, I was quite intrigued. I really like this plot. That's a, that's so interesting. It's it's really fun and like it's um you know all like all four girls each has a different season. Oh, I get it. Um, I've read these. Um, I've read these books and it is it's really fun because literally like they're just trying to like find something to steal for money and instead they find this old woman like whose servants are just terribly neglecting her and then basically they just take over the household. Yeah. And like and support her and then of course she lets them live in the house and so it's so funny like their tale is really interesting and then of course like you know what happens afterwards is just kind of fun so yeah I well I'm really interested by that I really like the premise and that sounds like a fun read yes and also we're now on to our last book of this list <gasps> I know which is a great one it's what a difference a duke makes by Lenora Bell wanted. Governess for Duke's Unruly Children Edgar Rochester, Duke of Banksford, is one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in England, but when it comes to raising twins alone, he knows he needs help. The only problem is the children have chased away half the governesses in London until the clever, bold, and far too enticing Miss Mari Perkins arrives. Lost, one heart to an arrogant Duke. Mari knows how to wrap even the most rebellious child around her finger, but their demanding, wickedly handsome father, he won't be quite so easy to control. And there's something else she can't seem to command, her heart. The foolish thing beats so wildly every time the Duke is near. Found, a forbidden passion neither can deny. As his employee, Mari is strictly off limits, but what if she's the one breaking all his rules? In the game of governess versus Duke, how can Edgar maintain his defenses when the only thing he wants to do is let the tempting beauty win? I am so happy this book is on the list. I've read this one. I love this book, but also listeners, if you didn't get it, uh, it's a Mary Poppins retelling sort of <laughs> Mary, Mary <laughs> Perkins and Mary Poppins. Uh, anyhow, it's so, it's just so fun. And I love Lenora Bell. I believe this whole series by her is like, I've read the whole series and I, I really like this series. Yeah. Lenora Bell. She's a, she's a favorite of mine. It was, you actually were like, I think there's a Lenora Bell. And I was like, yes, there is. Let me include it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, a lot of good books on this list. And now we're circling back around to the thought that I had in the middle, which was the thought this, <laughs> I think <laughs> when we do these book or book list podcasts from now on, we should pick a book to do on the podcast from the list. I think we totally should. Yeah. Why haven't we been doing this yet? I know. Right. I think it's cause it's like, well, to be fair, I think the last one you and I had read, like almost all the books on yeah, the list. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think regardless, even if we've read them, I think that it's really inspiring to go through these lists. They always make me want to read them all. Um, so I think yes. we should choose. And I would like to nominate. Did I just see you highlight yeah. the one I was thinking of? <laughs> yes. I Okay. So I would like to nominate Deception by Amanda Quick, the role reversal one uh, with the I second that. I second that 100%. Right, so now I'm switching tabs and I'm writing it in our episodes list. Deception, D-C-P-T-I-O-N by Amanda. Quick. Okay. Well, cool. 
And listeners, uh, if you've read it before, awesome. If you haven't, also awesome. We will get to discover it together because I'm just like really jazzed to read that book. It had a synopsis that grabbed me. I know. Me too. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about that one. And I'm excited. You're excited too, because it was one of those like, I was like, we have to include it. It's the only one where the man's the tutor. <laughs> so fun. So fun. Well, we don't get to read that next time, though. No, we do not. Because instead, we are heading back to Maiden Lane. It's been a while. <laughs> Three months. Uh, a little a little under three months, I believe, uh, because we yes. did one during my maternity leave. But this is going to be our first book back after maternity leave. Oh, yeah. And it is one that Zoe is a big fan of. Yeah. This is Lord of Darkness is – oh, wait. No, it's not the Apollo book. This is Godric's book. No. Oh, I thought you liked Godric, Oh, I too. do like Godric. I like them both, but I, I, we just recently, we, so we were, we're just, just talking, talking about, about Apollo, Apollo a yeah. few minutes before gotcha, this recording. Gotcha. <laughs> Anyhow, so we are reading Lord of Darkness by Elizabeth Hoyt, which is Maiden Lane number five. Uh, as we said, the hero's name is Godric. So, um, <laughs> yeah, what a name. I mean, who doesn't love a hero named Godric? Seriously. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited to, I think that's going to be a perfect, uh, book that to get me back into reading if I haven't been able to read during my maternity break. I think that one will be a nice, familiar restart for me. So thank you all for listening and join us next time as we read Lord of Darkness by Elizabeth Hoyt. And may all your ever afters end happily. Happily.